Hey everyone, the Benchwarmers are on a uh, two-week break for the holidays right now, but we have a special treat for you for this week. Uh, way back when, before we even recorded our first episode, we recorded a test episode to see how we work together. Um, in this episode, Matt and Eric threw a bunch of questions at uh, Josh and I about uh, terrible sports anguish related to Minnesota sports teams. Now, I know, I know, too much Minnesota. But um, to hear us have to relive the, those excruciating uh, memories just might be what you need to hear this holiday season. So I present to you, without any more hesitation, Minnesota Mild. Enjoy. Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast, sports trivia for those of us who rode the pine. I'm your host, Matt, and today we got two of our cohorts, Dan and Josh, who are co-hosts here, talking Minnesota sports. Uh, welcome to the bench, gentlemen, and co-hosting with me today is going to be Eric. Eric, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hi, my name is Eric uh, Eid. I'm from outside Buffalo, New York. Um, I'm a, currently a stay-at-home dad slash nurse, and I don't know what else I'm supposed to add here. <laughs> so Eric's not a Minnesota fan, and he's not a Minnesota hater, maybe as much as uh, eh, a little bit, so he can revel. Do you see that? Yeah, there you go. He can revel a little bit in the uh, anguish of the Minnesota mild-related uh, topic with these two guys, so. The avalanche. I don't. I don't mind the avalanche. It's the. Uh, it's the Jets and the uh, the Canucks. I hate the Canucks. Well, as you should. Oh, everyone should. <laughs> I wrote a game today called Minnesota Mild. All having to do with, uh, well, let's just say that not so great points in Minnesota sports history, of which so, there are many. Yeah, exactly. So just so we know everyone's voice, why don't we go ahead and introduce ourselves? There, Dan. Why don't you say hi? Hey, everybody. How's it going? This is Dan coming at you from Locust, North Carolina. Looking forward to hearing some wonderful memories of not so great moments in Minnesota sports. Thanks a lot for that, Matt. Oh, I'm always there to entertain. And Joshua. Joshua. Uh, yeah, my name is Josh Baumbach from St. Paul, Minnesota. I pretty much lived here or uh, in the area all my life and uh, big Minnesota sports fan. And well, yeah. This is going to be fun. By fun, right. you mean painful? Yes. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Well, today's format is going to be basically just uh, me throwing questions out to the two of you and working on it, unless you guys want to compete against each other. Eh, let's work together. Why not? Work it's already going to be bad enough for both of us. We don't want to <laughs> throw a loss in there, too. Okay, so let's go ahead and kick it off with... Some hockey. I mean, it's the state of hockey, right? So we got to talk about some hockey first. Josh, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you that hockey is my least um, knowledgeable subject. Uh, so, of the big four, that's of, also of the my big least. four. Yeah. yeah. So may need you to. You hold my best. Here. Are you saying that uh, I can't have any questions about the Minnesota Strikers? Come on. Or the uh, Minnesota Kicks from way back in the day. Yeah. Or how about the Rochester Skeeters? Come on. Right, the Minnesota Moose, you going to throw them in there? Oh my gosh, what I forgot about that. Okay, we'll start off with the Minnesota North Stars. I think we all know who those folks are. Yep. All right, question number one. The North Stars joined the NHL in 1967-68 season as an expansion franchise. That season, the team made the playoffs and made it to the conference semifinals before being bounced by what uh, fellow franchise expansion franchise? Well... I know that the – Josh, I know the Blues came in the same year. As I think that's the only one I know that came in. And I know that they made it to the Stanley Cup Finals that year. I think then maybe there's a good shot that – There's probably the a good shot that that's them. I, I don't know if I'm going to come up with anything else. I got nothing else. So I guess we're going to go with the St. Louis Blues. Yeah, let's and go with the, the Blues. the answer is the St. Louis Blues. That year the Blues made it to the Stanley Cup Championship. Yay but then got swept by Montreal. <laughs> and again, next year, they got uh, beat out by the Bruins. 
All right. Uh, stars go for the cup. Next question. Question two. Uh, before they crashed our before they crushed our hearts and left for Dallas. Thank you, Norm Green. Uh, the North Stars made it to two Stanley Cup finals, losing both times to what two teams? Uh, Josh, got anything on this? Uh, I, I do believe one of them is the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah, ninety. Uh, that 91. was the last. Uh, yeah, Pittsburgh Penguins. But um, they they lost to the New York Islanders in the early eighties, like eighty one, eighty two, something like that. I'll trust you on that one. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's the other one. Yeah, good teamwork there. Uh, New York Islanders in the 1980-81 season and the Pittsburgh Penguins in 90-91 and crushed our hearts the next season and left to go south. Let's just stay in 1991. That was just a right? wonderful time, right? <laughs> right? I'm all right with that. I was, I'm okay uh, with yeah, that too. In high school, so I'm good there. All right, now this one's going to be, uh, you know, a little bit uh, – close to the Josh Bomback world. In 1998, the era of no professional hockey in Minnesota was soon to be over when the new Minnesota Wild were introduced to the state. The name Wild came from a fan-submitted name contest with six finalists. Seeing as how the Wild considered was is considered to be one of the worst names in all of professional sports, maybe they should revisit those other five proposed names. Name just one of the other five finalists. I remember a couple of these, Josh. Um, okay. Um, I'm pretty sure the Voyagers was one. Um, sounds like it probably would have been one. And I think the Blue Ox was another one. I That was the only thing that was hitting in my brain was the So we go Ox. with that one then? Sure. I mean, let's it, that would have been a cool name. Yeah, let's better than the Wild, that's for sure. <laughs> All right, yeah, you, got, you nailed the... Uh, you nailed two of them there. We got the Freeze, oh, the terrible. Northern Lights. Oh, the Northern Lights would have been okay. Yeah, I would have been okay with that. The Blue Ox, the White Bears. No. Uh, no. That would have been bad. That's terrible. Too many Fargo references, right? Go and Bears. Then, yeah, Go Bears. And then the Voyagers. All right. Uh, next question, question number five. Wait, right? One, two. No, question number four. Wait, uh... Um, does anybody like college hockey? Question. The Minnesota Gophers, the Golden Gopher Hockey Program, has been around for 125 years. And in that time, they've won five national championships, was runner-up in seven, and, a, and dozens of conference titles. But the 2002 National Championship game is, was held in St. Paul's Excel Energy Center. And was a doozy of a game going into overtime and ending with a goal by Grant Patoni. Against what East Coast team did the Gophers win that year? I, I got this one locked in, Josh. I, I, I remember watching this game. I, I know exactly who it is. I mean, I, I'll let you think about it, but I know it. <laughs> That's good because I should know it. I was uh, back finishing up my uh, second degree at the U. You'd think I should remember this, but... Right off the top of my head, it's it's not there. So, why don't you? It's it's the uh, it's the Maine Black Bears. Ah, uh, yes, Maine. Yep, that's right. The Maine Black Bears. Patoni's goal ended a 23-year drought for Gopher hockey, but now they play in a horrible Big Ten uh, hockey conference. That sucks. And Minnesota went from three uh, NCAA Division One teams to six. So, that sucks. And no one in the cities plays hockey anymore. So, you know. That sucks. Can we bring the WCHA back, yeah, please? Exactly. Oh. All right. Uh, let's not get too happy here, Gopher fans, because the next question, uh, the Gopher hockey program sure has had its fair share of success over uh, many years. And like any good team, many other good teams considered them as their arch rival. Which one of these arch rivals has had the most frozen four, I'm sorry, which one of their arch rifles has had the most frozen four championship game appearances with 13? I mean, my first inclination would be North Dakota. Look, for, frozen four finals, you said? Yeah, appearances in the frozen four championship game. Championship. Hmm. How many times has UMD been there? Yeah, I mean, North, North Dakota maybe... Um, remember the uh, the the Colorado teams are uh, are sneaky too, like Denver and Colorado College. Um, 
You think they would have considered the Gophers one of their chief rivals? No, probably not. I mean, that was part of the question, wasn't it, Matt? Yeah, it was which one of their uh, which one of their rivals, their arch rivals, arch rivals. So I mean, you're talking North Dakota, UMD, St. Cloud State, Wisconsin, Wisconsin. I don't think they're. I don't think Wisconsin's. In the last 20 years, Wisconsin's won more championships than the Gophers. So I'm just saying, <laughs> you know me, Josh. I'm a I'm a Gopher hockey fan. You are. You are. I I, I say we just go with the 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 nameless wonders of uh, UN UND the, the University of North Hawks. Dakota. They're the Hawks now. What? I mean, <laughs> but who who are they kidding North though? <laughs> Man, they're pissed about that still. I know, right? <laughs> oh, if you, I mean, Ingolstadt Arena has the Indian heads all over the place. It's, yeah, because that's he made that agreement before yeah. he died. He made them swear. Yep, you guys are right. The University of North Dakota is the answer. Nodak um, has those 13 appearances, while the Gophers and Michigan Wolverines are tied at 12. Michigan has the most championships with nine. Well, the uh, next group of questions is about baseball, uh, Minnesota baseball. And since Eric is a White Sox fan, let's have Eric ask those questions about (laughs) Minnesota baseball. Shoot it out there, Eric. Go ahead. Yeah. So, uh, you know, as little as I know about the Twins, other than them just being, what, just like awful last year? Was that like record setting? Awful. Yeah. Yeah, Record setting home runs. Terrible. Terrible. Yeah, terrible team. All right. All the White Sox doing there. That's fine. Listen, they're um, they're they're rebuilding. Um, it's about a fifteen-year rebuild. Um, we're on six year sixteen of the fifteen-year rebuild, so it, it's starting to turn around. You know, how many names has Comiskey Park had since they had their last uh, good year? They were good, and it's literally fifteen years ago, two thousand five. Um, never thought I would see them win anything ever ever and then just one year randomly just they small balled their way to a world series which was yeah, they, i think they had aj Przinski as their catcher that year didn't they yeah yeah that that, that game against the twins or not the twins the uh, angels um in the playoffs where the, the he, he he clearly caught the ball but they he took off to first base <laughs> and somehow that play. yeah somehow no one like wanted to turn it around or anything just, no he dropped it so, and he got first base. No one knew what was going on except Pierzynski. So, yeah, hey. AJ Pierzynski is the epitome of that guy. That when he's on your team, you it's love him. Yes. And when he's not yep. on your team, you can't yeah. stand him. Yeah. He's one hundred percent true. Oh my God, he yeah. got he and he got jawed. I forget what what team he was that he was for or, or going against or any of it. But he was there was an argument at home plate, and dude just hauled off and punched him in the face. And it was just yep. he he was that guy. He was just just the worst human being and then the best at the same time yeah well Well, he deserved it i'm sure he deserved it i'm sure he did (laughs) listen i loved him for one year um so 1961 saw major league baseball make its way to minnesota under what odd circumstance were the minnesota twins created I mainly wrote this one just because it's super freaking weird. So if you get it right, it's fine. But it's, it's, yeah, <laughs> it's really it's, just so weird. Re- reading the answer, this is just yeah, that's crazy. Well, they were. Let's talk this one out, Josh. They they came from Washington. They were the Washington yes. Senators, correct? But they they came to Minnesota from Washington. They they were that team, but then Washington got a they got an expansion team in 1961. So the Washington senators still existed in 1961, but it wasn't, it was kind of a Ravens and Browns thing going on, except for they got the expansion team the exact same year that they lost their team. That, uh, that's crazy. And, and then, then they became the Texas Rangers. But then all of the all of the records from previous did come to Minnesota. Came to Minnesota. Everybody yeah. touts those. Yeah, and then, and then Texas has those. Has the, yeah. Well, but yeah, there, there, were, be, there were there are two current and, and uh, major league baseball teams 
that used to be the Washington Senators. I think that's what he's getting at here. Uh, that sounds as good as anything else. I can't come up with anything better, so let's go with that. Yeah, we'll go with that. All right. So that's pretty basically it. Um, Minnesota was granted an expansion franchise, um, but ended up getting the Washington Senators, while Washington got the expansion franchise, who then later moved to Arlington. Um, so 60 years later, no one knows what's going on. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, well, find, and now Washington finally got a uh, a World Series. So. There you go. Yeah, exactly. So they, every it worked out for everybody. Yeah, everyone. Minnesota. Happy. So let's move on to the next question here. Uh, down to the minors. All right. With the new MLB team coming to the Twin Cities, 1960 saw the last year of what two crosstown minor league rivals? Were the Millers a minor league team? Yeah, Minneapolis Millers is going to be one of them. Um, the St. Paul team. I think the other one's the St. Paul Saints. Uh-huh. I think it was the Saints, and then they renamed the Northern League team the Saints when they came back, okay. or when the, when they set that up. I think it's going to be yeah, the Minneapolis Millers and the St. Paul Saints. That Sounds makes sense. Good. Yep. Yeah. All right, so that would be the St. Paul Saints and the Minneapolis or Minneapolis. Holy crap, Millers. Have another. Um, I haven't even uh, cracked it open yet. <laughs> Someone big played for the Minneapolis Millers. I want to say it was, uh, I think Mays played. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah, the Giants uh, had their uh, farm team in Minneapolis for a long time. So well, that would make I'm sense that sure. it was Mays then. Yep. All right. The best pro baseball team in Minnesota. 1993 saw the return of the St. Paul Saints. And they returned as part of the Independent North League. Because the Twins had moved into the HHH Metrodome. Yeah, that's Saint, the name of the Metrodome. Sorry. <laughs> Metrodome, yeah. The Saint Marketing Geniuses promoted the idea of outdoor baseball. In what St. Paul, ball, Paul ballpark did the Saints play their t- first 20 seasons? Yeah, that's, you know yep. that one, Josh. Right? I know that one. Midway yeah. Stadium. Yeah, Midway is correct yeah midway uh had the uh, the train tracks going across left field yeah and uh you'd get an official train count on the day after the uh after the game was <laughs> over you'd, there'd be an official train count. i think there was a special prize if you hit a train with a home run i think there was yes all i know is that that place sucked because <laughs> the seating sucked the pa system sucked the field sucked Everything about that te- that stadium sucked, except the team. The team and it was, was so much awesome, fun. and it and sold it so out almost fun. every single game. So well, crazy! You had you had the Vex involved from uh, from Cleveland, and then Bill Murray was also involved in that ownership group. So I mean, th- there was all kinds of fun stuff going on. Matter of fact, and... if you if you watch, go back and watch Sp- uh, Space Jam. Bill Murray is wearing a St. Paul Saints hat when he shows up at the gym. And, of course, Dan ruins the next question. I was Go just going to say, so oh, I'm going to answer this that. next question here. Um, <laughs> easy one for you. Um, and by easy now, it's uh, you just said it. Uh, the Saints are owned by two... Yeah. <laughs> the Gold uh, Kling. It's called yeah. the Gold Kling Group. Okay. But it was two famous owners that are very involved with the team. Name these two owners. You already did. Yeah. Yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was, it's, it's Mike Vec, though, right? Not Bill. Bill's the older one. Mike, it's Mike and, uh, and Bill Murray. Yeah. Mike Correct. Murray. Bonus points if you can name all the Murray brothers. <laughs> but Eric, you'll like this one. You know, Mike Vec's dad, Bill Vec, was a former owner and was the owner of the uh, Cleveland Indians, and then later on became the promotions director for the White Sox in their uh, White Sox uh, disco demolition night of 1979. That was a great night. I wasn't alive, but it was, <laughs> the videos I watch of that is just, oh, my God. He was also the owner of the uh, Cleveland Indians and in the 70s, and when he, or in the early 70s and late 60s, when in the mid-70s, I think it was the... Cleveland Indians had their uh, nickel beer night 
or it was a dime beer night or something <laughs> like that. And had, I mean, a, the, the game, there's a whole, uh, I think a 30 for 30 audio podcast or something like that about that. That's a hilarious, the amount of brawls and the fighting and people that got crazy drunk at that game. That's pretty funny. Like the standard Buffalo Bills game. They limited people to four beers a time that they went out to get them. You need four bills, four beers a trip every time yeah, they went out. Four beers a trip. Yeah. Well, good thing they were limiting them. You, know? <laughs> you can't just walk back to your seat and come back and just grab like four more. Exactly. Four beers a trip. All right. That's all I got. Oh, is that the last one I gave that's you? That's the last one I got. Oh, sorry. Well, I got another one that I must have missed you there. So another baseball one. So, all right. Championships. Question. 1987, the Twins faced the St. Louis Cardinals in what is now considered to be one of the all-time great World Series. I think it's one of the greats. I was watching something the other day. Was said, somebody was saying it was one of the worst teams to win the uh, World Series, but whatever. In 1988, the two teams uh, got back together for a trade. The Twins needed infield help and wanted a second baseman named Tom Herr. And the Cardinals needed an outfielder with power. And they got what Twins fan favorite with the majestic mustache? That's got to be Tom Bernanski, wasn't it? It's Bruno. It's, it's definitely Bruno. They got Tom Hearn. And Tom Hearn. Oh, Tom Hearn for Tom Brunanski. What a terrible trade. It was. Yep. Yeah. I mean, the, the Twins had a revolving door at second base. And Hearn uh, was one of them. I think Hearn only lasted that one season, yeah. if I recall correctly. Yeah. Maybe came in in 89, but he didn't last very long. Yeah, Bruno played seven years for the twins and ended up playing, uh, being a hitting coach for a few years after that. All right. All right. So twins, like what, what, what exactly is known for like, like the worst moment in twins baseball? Like, you know how it's just, Mm. I don't know how to put it. Cause like with living in Buffalo, everyone's got, a, a wide story. left or was it wide right wide, wide, wide left? right no wide goal right. in 99 i yeah. mean music city miracle like buffalo just piles it up for days and i'm not a bills fan i'm not a sabers fan i, I none of my favorite teams are from this area so it's what, what the twins the are known for is losing to the yankees in the playoffs i mean that's every year yeah okay they get the yankees and they lose 16 in a row or yeah, 14 I mean, in a row really? Yeah. yeah, yeah. We have and we haven't won a game against them in the playoffs. Not even a game. No. Come on. Not even a series. Yeah, not a series. A game. No. We haven't won a game against them yet. No. That that's spectacular. Yeah. yeah. That uh, I mean, we had um, the Twins had a. They had some pretty interesting, um, some colorful characters as managers there in the late seventies and early eighties. Well, Billy Martin was but, here. Uh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Billy Martin, <laughs> wasn't that one his big thing about the barroom brawl was in like uh, 80 or 79 was when he was managing the Twins. All right, let's talk some basketball here, boys. We'll begin with the Lakers. In 1947, two Minnesota businessmen purchased the rights to the recently disbanded Detroit Gems of the NBL, the National Basketball League, for $15,000. The team was named the Lakers because of the Minnesota model, land of 10,000 lakes. But the deal wouldn't have uh, happened without the involvement of what infamous Minnesota sports media personality. Is Sid Hartman old enough to have been involved in that? I mean, he's 100 now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know who else it could possibly it's, be. It's got to be Sid Hartman. I, he, he's... I think he was around for the like the when Minnesota became a state. He's been he's been around forever. <laughs> and as an aside, if you ever need to get a hold of him at the uh, Pioneer uh, Pioneer Press at the uh, Star Tribune, his uh, his email address is Shartman. Unfortunate name. Yeah, it's I, I, it's got to be Sid Hartman. That'd be my guess, Josh. If you got, I, I agree. Guess, I don't have anything, uh, you know, unless there's some somebody from the past that I just don't know of. But I, I'd say Sid. 
Yeah, that's right. It's uh, Sydney Hartman. Uh, you know, the thing about it is, is back in the day, these these France sports franchises only worked if they got free media from the local sports uh, media or just newspaper group. You know, I mean, it's much Bollywood that the Packers basically were a product of the Green Bay Pest press gazette and that kind of a thing so that's the only way that they worked back in the day is when put you know press and flesh with these sports guys so without the without Sid the team would have never made it to Minnesota which sucks because almost everyone in the state hates Sid uh but he does do good things you know maybe once or twice a century yeah. so, you know Sid Hartman is the every sports market has that that journalist that's been there forever and has basically worn out his welcome and that's that that's Sid Hartman in in the Twin Cities for sure yeah Eric you don't know you're totally blind as to who we're talking about here but yeah, yeah no I know Phil Hartman does that help no yeah right. Phil Hartman is his son <laughs> no 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 we can't chat chat Hartman's his son who's, who's also a sports trivia guy sports or, uh, trivia sports, sports guy uh, yeah yeah sports, sports guy that's uh also um, known for everyone hating them too. So, yeah. yeah. All right, Eric, you want to get the next one? Sure. All right. So Laker championships. Before making the move to Los Angeles, Minneapolis won five championships. Those teams had some powerful rosters led by the most dominant pro basketball player. What former Laker to this day has a statue in the entry of Target Center? I know this one. Go ahead with it. It's George Mikan. Yeah. Absolutely, is, George Mikan. That is correct. George Mikan's. I don't know who he is. Um, what year was that? What, what year was that? Mid, How long mid ago 50s. Was this? Oh, yeah. There you go. This would but have he, been was, from... he was dominant, though. I mean, he was the dominant player in the league. You know, back in the 50s, a seven foot guy or a 6'10 guy or whatever. 6'10, 245. It just wasn't a thing, you know. I mean, oh, yeah. in the early '90s or the mid '90s, when Shaquille came in, everyone thought that this was a freak of nature. George Mikan was like was that until I mean, until I guess uh, what's his name, Twenty Thousand Gals guy. What's Will his Chamberlain. Chamberlain. Will Chamberlain? Will Chamberlain? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to say that Twenty Thousand. Uh, <laughs> right. It was a slow Tuesday for him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll take the next one, and then you can have the one after that, Eric. All right. All right. Uh, oh, yeah. The NBA lottery sucks. We all know that. Since the inception, the rules fan. Since the inception um, in 1989, the Minnesota, since their inception in 89, the Minnesota Timberwolves seem to be the NBA's redheaded stepchild. Case in point, the NBA lottery. Uh, say those words to any Timberwolves fans, and they will likely shudder. In 1992, they had most the most ping pong balls and still lost in the Shaquille O'Neal uh, contest. All a team needs is a slight bit of luck to improve their draft spot. Like they have the 14 spot, and maybe they get the number 13. In the 20 years, so this question was written a year ago, so mind you, so... In the first 20 years since the Timberwolves have participated in the NBA lottery, how many times have they improved their draft position? I don't think they've ever improved it. I don't think it ever has. I they, went they, from held, first to, they went from first to fourth that year, 91 and 92. Yeah. The, I think the only – yeah, because time, one time we had the first overall pick, we were supposed to have the first overall pick with Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah. So we didn't move up for that one. I don't think we've ever moved up. We've I don't. I, I'm pretty sure we down. haven't. I'm, I'm pretty sure we haven't. Yep, you guys are right. In the Minnesota mild tradition, that would be um, zero, zilch, nada, or none. Not a single time in 20 tries have they gotten just one lucky bounce. Not even a little bit of luck. <sighs> yeah. Good times. Eric, you can, do the, you can grab the next two. I sent them both to you there. All right, yeah, I got them. All right, backroom deal. The accolades for Kevin Garnett, the big ticket, the franchise, the kid, are endless. He was Minnesota basketball for about 12 years. 
but a big reason he never had the resources around him was a free agent signing that was deemed illegal by the league and stripped the team of three first-round draft picks and banning GM Kevin McHale for one year. Who was the player whose contract signing was deemed illegal by the league? Remember that one? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> wasn't even that good of a player to do that. <laughs> no, he wasn't. <laughs> Granted, was, was it, wasn't he a number one overall pick? He was. It's Joe Smith is what we're Joe talking Smith. about here. Yeah. 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 Was, yeah he the wasn't even. By the time he was here, it, it was not worth doing that. Think of all the number one overall picks that have come in and out of Minnesota. Michael Oluwakandi? Yeah. <laughs> Joe Smith. Andrew Wiggins. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Good times. And all <laughs> Thanks, of that, Matt. I think, this was for a. Uh, what was the contract was I have it written down here it was two point five million dollars. That's it. It wasn't even that big of a contract. Well, yeah. what, what was illegal? Because they, they were trying it, to because Joe Smith they, was being offered money. They basically did it outside the parameters of yeah uh, the collective bargaining agreement. They agreed to it before, like he became a free agent or something. And it, I don't know. It was dumb. It was a, and he had they haven't recovered since. I think the if I recall correctly, it was something like. He had one more season left on his regular contract that he had already signed. And he was going to potentially hold out or something like that. And then the team said, um, you know, we'll have you, we'll sign this contract now. Essentially it'll go into place here as soon as it's able to be legal, but it won't be until then. Well, then somebody caught wind of it. If I recall correctly, it was somebody in the front office reported it to the league or something stupid. It's like an administrative thing or something. They, they screwed something up. Yeah. Well, I just I just happened to to pull up Joe Smith, and not even a month ago, there's an article stating that uh, he, he's broke now, so he needed that um, 2.5 million dollars. He blew through his six, 61 million dollars gone. Classic. He needed that card. Apparently, he should have signed that under the table deal for more. Are are, are we talking about? Is, is there a question about the 2009 draft in there? Uh, no. Okay, so I'm not ruining anything by talking about other draft <laughs> draft fails. When the uh, in 2009, when the uh, the Wolves had uh, picks five and six. Oh God, do we have to? And they took Ricky Rubio, which that one isn't that bad. bad of a pick. That and then they took Johnny one. Flynn, and, and then who got picked next? And then number seven was um, Stephen Curry to the uh, to the Warriors. Johnny Flynn. Uh, I mean, who was the who was the GM at the time? Wasn't that uh, that was? Oh, who was the uh, the guy that thought he was like a fantasy GM and got the job? Uh, Khan. David Khan. David Khan. He. This guy seriously. He. I, I don't know how he got this job. He. He basically talked the team into giving him the job because he was like a great fantasy GM. Just look him up. David Kahn. It was, oh, he was, he ran this team into the ground. You know, I, I have a feeling this is actually making me more upset than the Viking stuff is going to. <laughs> We're oh, we'll out. see about that. <laughs> oh, God. All right. All right. Well, if that made you upset, then this probably isn't going to help you at all. Uh, Jimmy <laughs> Butler. Oh, <laughs> It's got a special place in your heart for Jimmy Butler. Oh. All right. <laughs> After Jimmy Butler had overstayed his welcome in Chicago, the Bulls traded him to the T-Wolves in 2017. In Minnesota, his same old antics of criticizing everyone but himself came out, and he refused to sign an extension and ask for a trade. After a bunch of huffing and puffing, he was finally traded in November of 2018, to the Philadelphia 76ers for three players and a draft pick in 2022. Name two of those three players. Well, actually, no, you probably just run name one. Back then when I wrote this, it was maybe you could name two, but now I don't think these guys even in baseball and basketball anymore. <laughs> um, oh, we just traded. Uh, how was his name? Uh, Rocco. Robert Covington. He was the, he was the big get. Yeah. Um, who was the other one that we just there was the Serbian away? the Serbian guy um, Dario Dario uh, uh, 
Savich, Saric, Saric, Dario, Dario Saric. Yes, I think you're right. I'm trying to think of the third. I I got nothing. Uh, I think it was, was it a point guard? Maybe. Uh, well, I think we got. Hopefully, I think we got two. I think we got. Yeah. Yeah, you got two. You got Robert Covington, Dario Saric, and Skip Bayless's younger brother, Jared Bayless. Jared Bayless. Yeah. Jared yeah. Bayless. <laughs> <laughs> He's a point guard, isn't he? Or was a point guard? I don't even know if he's in the league anymore. Exactly. Or it's a Chick-fil-A. <laughs> that, that trade is what you call addition by subtraction, though, because exactly. getting rid of Jimmy Butler was the... Oh, you know what? The fact that they got what they got, uh, it was worth it. I'd have it taken was, a bag of balls for him. It was ditching It was ditching pay, or what's it called? Uh, cap room. Was what oh, it was. man. Because so, they were going to sign uh, Anthony Wiggins, right? Or Wiggins, excuse me, yeah. And funny, where where's uh that didn't work out, did it? Uh, where's Jimmy at now? He's he didn't even his yeah. welcome didn't last very long in Philadelphia either. I, where is he? I don't even know. He's down in Miami. Oh, that's he lasted. Was it just one season in Philadelphia? Antics, man. All right, boys. Now the time you've all been waiting for. I'm not. I'm gonna uh, spare you the Nathan Poole question. So we'll. Uh, since uh thank you for that i know that one so So we're gonna go back and forth i will stick to uh nfc championship failures for the minnesota vikings and then eric will get uh doesn't even narrow it down that's the thing (laughs) jeez oh josh okay i'll start it off there and eric i sent you the next one after this 1987 redskins goal line stand Dan, you know this one. You know this one really well. Darren Nelson, is that what you're asking about? No, come on, man. Don't even just um, all, all my great writing, you know. <laughs> Go ahead and ask the question, crap. but I'm locked in with Darren Nelson. <laughs> <laughs> I was right there with you. Oh, the strike shortened season of 1987 NFL uh, saw the Minnesota Vikings amass an eight and seven record season or record regular season record, snuck into the playoffs with a wild card and proceeded to beat the Saints and the 49ers before, spoilers, losing to the Redskins in the NFC Championship game. What Viking player uh, failed to haul in the late game catch and disco dance his way into the end zone to tie the game? And by failed to haul in, you mean flat out dropped it, right? (laughs) That's right. It's The answer is disco Darren Nielsen. Uh, Nelson was an All-American at Stanford and famously said that he did not want to play in Minnesota because there were no discos. So thus the name Disco Darren Nelson, you know, because 1984, was that when he was drafted? Everyone cared about discos. That's right. That's all I cared about. Yep. (laughs) All right, go ahead, Eric. Move on. All right. Four Super Bowls, four losses. The Vikings have made it to four Super Bowls and have four Super Bowl losses. Only two other teams have lost as many or more Super Bowls. Name these two teams. Well, I wonder who one of them might be out there in Buffalo. That's hilarious. (laughs) Four in a row. Yeah. Um, The the Broncos are the other ones, I think. Yep. It is, yeah. They were at least one until they won their two with a three now. Yep. Yep, that's correct. The, The Buffalo Bills who lost four in a row um and living in buffalo i uh i only wanted them to win one because when i was about what was it 1990 i was probably about nine years old um and uh it was rumored that you know if they won the game we'd have off from school the next day <laughs> um so you know that rumor was never found out because you know four years in a row we we had no i assumed we were gonna have off but we did not you know and then the denver broncos Three and five. That's eight times they've been to the Super Bowl. That's crazy. Yep. All right. Yeah, they have that's that one sneaky. The... You don't you don't think of them as being the ones that are in the Super Bowl a lot, but yeah. Yeah, they beat the Packers once and all that. So, all right, boys. My favorite all time impression to do. Herschel. The Vikings are known for on the field failures, off the field failures, and horrible front office moves, including. What is the worst trade in NFL history? In October of 1989, the Vikings had a fairly good team and desperately needed some help at running back. They traded four players along with eight draft picks, six in the first round, 
I'm sorry, six in the first and second round total in exchange for Herschel Walker and three draft picks, two third rounds and one tenth round. How many of the draft picks were used by the Dallas Cowboys to pick future pro bowlers? A lot of them. Oh, man. Oh, man. You could put that away, too. Although that's not nearly as bad as the thing that's hanging behind Matt right now. So That is is true. (laughs) Oh, man. Because how many draft picks total was it? It was... uh, I don't know about total. All I know is that in the first and second round, there was a total of six draft picks. And that's you're asking of those... Of those uh, yeah. six? I, I think it was something crazy like five. <laughs> I mean, they they used one to get Emmett Smith. They used one to get Troy Aikman. They used one to get Michael Irvin. Um, we don't have to I go would say to, four or five, deep. but you might be yeah, right. Yeah, I, I think it's it's got to be either four or five. Well, the good news is, is uh, they didn't use the Vikings picks to get uh, Aikman or um, – um, the wide receiver, uh, Irvin. 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 They did. For they they Emmett. did for Emmett Smith, uh, Darren Woodson, pro uh, Hall of Famer, right? And Russell Maryland. I never heard of Russell Maryland before, but oh, I, I remember Russell Maryland. Pro Bowler. Really? Yep. He's amazing. So, uh, so yeah. So only three, three of the six. Only three. Yeah, because the remember that the even though the Vikings that was a horrible draft for them or a trade for them, they still played pretty well for the next couple of years. So their draft picks were later in the first round. Whereas the Cowboys for the next couple of years after that were still pretty atrocious until 91. Hey, we got one good game out of him. Yeah. First. I was at that game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Herschel rushed for in that first game, 148 yards against the Minnesota or the Green Bay Packers, crushing the hopes and dreams of a 13 year old Packer fan. That guy, Matt Doherty, uh, in <laughs> attendance that day and even had a, uh, he had a big run, and that one time he had the big run where he uh, lost his shoe. Lost his shoe. Yep. He ran out of his shoe. That's right. So there you go. Okay. All right, Eric. All right. Wait. Is it my turn to draft? NFL scouts, GMs, and other front office folks spend years preparing their draft boards in order to understand as much as they can about the players available. In 2003, the Vikings had the number seven pick in the NFL draft. Each team was given 15 minutes to make their selection. But that year, the Vikings tried to make a trade with the Ravens. But that trade never got off the league, got to the league officials, and the Vikings failed to make their pick within their 15 minutes. Two two teams made picks before the Vikings' seventh pick, and the Vikings finally got their pick at number nine. Name two of the three players picked between the Vikings, Jaguars, and Panthers. Well, Kevin Williams went to the Kevin Vikings. Williams was ours. Oh, God. I just was – they were just talking about this on the radio the other day. Because both Baltimore and who who had the pick after Baltimore? They both ran up and did their picks. So the, like, it was the Panthers. It was, it was Jaguars Panthers. and the Panthers. They just – they sprinted up to get their guys or whatever. Jaguars. Um, oh, one uh, – one was another defensive lineman, I do believe. Well, it wasn't Terrell Suggs, was it? I think it might have been. Because, wait, what were the teams again? The two teams? The Jaguars and the Panthers. Well, then it wasn't Suggs. Uh, Jaguars would have been... Uh, um, By- Byron Leftwich would have been that year. Oh, yes, because one of them was a quarterback. Yeah. I thought the other one was an was another defensive lineman. I I don't know who it was for Carolina, but the Jaguars would have taken Leftwich that year. And I think Suggs was the was the one that the Ravens took, but they ended they picked behind us though. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, who did the Panthers picked that year. We need the two, right? So Kevin Williams and Byron oh, Lockwich, I think, are there. Yeah, 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 you already yeah. got it. Oh, All okay. Right. So the third you're missing there is uh, Jordan Gross tackle. Oh, big tackle. That's right. Okay. Out of the University of Utah. You know, you know the great football program that is. Yeah. 
Kevin Williams worked out okay. I'm not. That's gonna, who they were. That's who they were going to pick anyway. Yeah, that's who they were going to take anyway. I mean, and he he had a good career, so um, that's yeah, fine. he did. So what happened there, there was uh, Ozzie Newsom was supposed to make the call to the league to confirm the trade, uh, but he said that the league never answered their call. Of course. Okay. Before call waiting, you know, back in two thousand. So were they gonna were they trading him because they thought we were gonna take Suggs, so they wanted to get Suggs? But then it turned out they got Suggs anyway. Uh, maybe I don't know when was Suggs drafted then? Because he was, I think, the pick after Williams. You, you know who uh, who who was drafted behind, not right behind, but also behind Kevin Williams in that draft. You got your Troy Polamalu. Mm. And Larry Johnson, both were drafted after him in the first round. Byron right. Leftwich. Oof. So I think uh, uh, let's go with uh, let's go with this one here. We're not going to talk about Nathan Poole. You guys don't want to talk about 2009, do you? No, we'll leave that one alone too. How about we go with this one? How about uh, and. You love it when I sing Dan, right? Here we go. <clears throat> Exciting and new. Come aboard. We're expecting you. The love boat. <laughs> In the fall of 2005, many current members of the Minnesota Vikings team enjoyed an evening of debauchery aboard two boats on lovely Lake Minnetonka with ladies of the evening. Flown in just for the occasion. Calls were made to the police regarding incidents that occurred that uh, evening and after an investigation. It turns out a lot of unmentionable things occurred. The cleaning crew from the boat company should have gotten hazardous pay for their work. What former Vikings cornerback was purported to be the ringleader of the Love Boat Affair? Are you going to have difficult questions? I mean, (laughs) I could have told you it was Alan Almas, was the boat company... This is uh, three quarters of the world is covered by water, and the other quarter is covered, is covered by, by Fred Smoot. Smoot. <laughs> yeah, Smoot. Smoot. Oh, that's right. Smoot played nine years in the NFL with the Vikings and Redskins, but today he's probably more famous for being the Love Boat captain. <laughs> oh, that's fun, Eric. <laughs> Forty-nine yards scamper to beat the Vikings. In October of 1988, this backup quarterback and future Hall of Fame, Hall of Famer, had a late-game 49-yard scamper for the game-winning touchdown versus the Vikings. I know it. I I, I didn't catch the year. It. What was the year? 88, right? 1988. Yeah. 88. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Steve Young, right? Yeah. Steve Young. <laughs> that, I'd blocked that out of my mind. <laughs> I mean, at first when he was talking about it, at first I was thinking Mike Vick. Mike Vick, you know, yeah, that's a long run. But then too. 88 is like, nope, that was, uh, that was Steve Young. Yeah. I watched that game in the basement of my church and almost yelled out something that I probably shouldn't have yelled out in my church. All right. Steve Young was playing in place of injured Joe Montana. May have been that game that sealed Montana's fate. Yeah. Anyway, uh, oh, I don't know. I had some flavor in there too that Eric and I are both confused as to what I wrote. But yeah, that, I was going to read it. And I'm like, I don't know if that makes sense. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know is that Wade Wilson was the quarterback of the Vikings that year, wasn't it? Yeah, Deadpool. <laughs> All right, boys, here we go. Um, so we don't need to talk about uh, the steal of the draft, do we? No. I don't know. We can we can skip the steal of the draft, right? And the Wizenator. And no, we can we can skip that one. Um, we can. Oh yeah, it's always fun to talk about missed field goals. In 2015, the Vikings made the playoffs and hosted a playoff game at the Gophers TCF Bank Stadium with uh, uh, while U.S. Bank Stadium was being built in downtown Minneapolis. That game was famous for Blair Walsh's missed 27-yard field goal at the end of the game to lose. 10 to 9. But at negative 6, it was also a very cold day. What former Minnesota Vikings coach decided to brave the weather and wear a short sleeve polo shirt to the pregame festivities? That was Bud. Well, it was Bud Grant, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just want to take a yeah. 
moment to tell you that Blair Walsh missed a field goal. So what that? So what? <laughs> you know what? I was uh, I was in uh, Disney World a few days after that happened, um, and I was wearing a Viking shirt around uh, Disney Springs, and I was trying to find the uh, the bus depot to get back to the resorts. And I was I asked a guy that was coming toward me. I said, "Hey, uh, can you tell me where the uh, where the buses pick up?" And he said, "Oh, yeah, it's 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 right around the corner. It's like a twenty-seven yard field goal from here." <laughs> I love. And I gave guy. him a look, and he said, "Dude, I'm a Vikings fan too. I can say that." I'm like, "Yeah, all right, fine." <laughs> yeah, and really, if you're going to ask a missed field goal, that one is you know that they weren't. Uh, we that don't. Good of a, we don't that- talk about the one from. <laughs> From ninety and nine, the, the only it's, miss all season. We, we don't list. talk about that. Is that <laughs> is the it. game that shall not be mentioned? <laughs> we do not. Talk. Okay, all right. Jeez. Oh, no, I Blair have a whole. Walsh. I had a whole segment of NFC Championship losses. So you know, but that's fine. <laughs> it was a great game, though. It was. All right, I sent you one, Eric. Yeah. <laughs> Ot TD catch in great GB. On Monday Night Football in October of 2000, the Vikings traveled to Green Bay to play the Packers. On and off driving rain made the difficult field conditions, and the teams were tied 20-20 to near the end of regulation when the Vikings missed a field goal attempt. In overtime, Antonio Freeman made a wild circus catch and ran into the end for a touchdown over, under, to the side, in between, and the hands of what Vikings defensive back? And then he caught on his back, and then got up and ran it in. Yeah, it, well, it kind of he kind of juggled it. Yeah, and he, and he ended up catching it finally when he was like yeah. down, but he wasn't touched. So, what yeah. year was who, it? Who was he? Who was guarding him at the time? Um, it's currently the defensive backs coach for the New York Guardians of the XFL. Uh, that they're, they're they're dead. Oh, there, that. Oh, that he's, he's laid. He's laid off. How could you not know that, Bombac? Get with it. <laughs> I don't. Obviously, I wasn't uh, as big into their defense at this time. I wasn't. Yeah. I I can't think of who this is. Go ahead, Eric. Softly. All right. So this gentleman's name is Chris Dishman. Oh, oh, Chris Dishman. I had yeah, forgotten I that he even played for the Vikings. You could have, you could have given me three more days, and I wouldn't have come up with Chris Dishman. <laughs> I mean, Dish- I remember him now. But yes, yes, yeah, I, I, but I would never have. No. Dishman oh, deflected you- the ball twice before somehow the ball ended up on Freeman's shoulders. Uh, the commentators were confused. The coaches were confused. The refs were confused. I'm confused right now. Um, <laughs> I remember that play. And I think Freeman was, was the only one who wasn't confused. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like even if that ball would have hit the ground, he would have picked it up and ran in anyway. So, uh, we just do, Let's just do one more each here. I sent one to you, Eric. So we'll, right. just, we're wrapping we'll just up. We'll pile on the Vikings ones. You know, like four questions on the other sports. but I know. I did five <laughs> questions for each of the sports, and then I did 20 Vikings questions. <laughs> When you have a lot to pick from, I guess. I know, I do. I got a whole bunch more that I did that I'm just dishing. I'm just, and that really is the one true one that Matt despises. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. the thing he's about a it Twins is, fan. He he likes the Timberwolves. At least he did for a while. Yeah. You know, there isn't hockey in Wisconsin for pros. I mean, you know, so it's this is the one. Yeah. And even the teams were like, for instance, the Gophers football team. I can't ever really hate the Gophers football team, except for when their fans get too big for their britches and the Badgers have to come in and kick their asses. So, uh, Yeah, so uh, we'll do one more each here. Let's go ahead and start, talk about some more NFC championship losses. Uh, in 2000, Giants 41-2-0. 41 donut. That was a the two thousand. The 2000 NFC Championship uh, game was a rough one for the Vikings fans. Uh, the 1989, 1998 season, excuse me, uh, being just a couple of years back, Viking fans were hopeful. But the Kerry Collins-led New York Giants laid a beatdown on the Vikings, beating them 41-0. After scoring quickly, the Giants kicked the ball off to the Vikings, and that kick was fumbled by what? Minnesota Vikings running back. 
just a hint, it was his rookie year. Later on, he went to go to be a pretty solid running back for the Vikings for about four or five seasons. <laughs> so sort of been basically the bridge between Robert Smith and Adrian Peterson. Yeah. Um, Peterson was until 2009, 2008. So there was a couple. I mean, we got steal the draft in there. I mean, come on, man. Ontario Smith. Ontario Smith was well. He was He's later. The Wizenator, yeah. The Wizenator. I got a question right. about that too, but I'm going to skip it just for you guys. Man, My mom knew the answer to that question because she was, she's a chemical dependency counselor. <laughs> Let me think. What other running backs would have been on that team? Um, Is Michael Bennett on the team at that time around there? That might have actually been Michael Bennett. Um, did, he, did he have four or five good seasons? Yeah. I don't remember him having that good. A, well, this I mean, guy he, did. Maybe not that guy. It, it could have been. Was Bennett a Badger? I think he was, wasn't he? Yep. Or was it, um, no, 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 no. Um, was it Mo Williams? Boom. Mo Williams. Yep. Mo Williams uh, drafted by the Vikings in 1996. Cut after that game, that season, well, maybe not after that game. Then he signed one year with Baltimore, and then he played from 2002 to the 2005 with the Vikings then. And um, after that game, Randy Moss referred to the game as 41 Donut, and that stuck right now. Minnesota Viking fans forever and ever. That, that actually was a pretty easy one. I think I was, uh, I was at a convention that weekend, and it wrapped up on a Sunday. Started watching the game. I think it was by the end of the first quarter, it was like, okay, we can all head home now because this game's over. Then they had that that excuse that the Giants were intercepting their signals. Uh, sure, whatever. I, they weren't that good of it. I mean, the no. whole NFC wasn't very good that year. No, and, and the Vikings had no business being in that game in the first nope. place. Nope. But, I mean, Kerry Collins. I was just going to say, like, it's, Come on. It's, it's, okay. he's the world beater. Hey, I that's mean, all right, Matt. You can pile on all this all you want. Carry Collins, had, guys. You've you've had like almost a thirty-year run of two of the best quarterbacks of all time, and currently, and granted, you do have two Super Bowls with them. But they really, should you have squandered more. so. They should have a lot more. <laughs> They've squandered so much superior talent at quarterback through the years. So at least I can hang on to that to be like, how did you only win? One each with them. You, try, you say and, this. You say this every time. It still doesn't make a difference. You yeah, it does. In the NFC Championship game to Kerry Collins. That team. Just, had, whatever, Matt. Sleep well, knowing that in three years Aaron Rodgers is going to be in purple, right? Yeah, yeah. Three. He's not going to put up with it for three for two more seasons. There. He's got one more, and he's going to be gone. He's got to go to the Jets first. Jordan That's Love, right. and then uh, and then text a picture of his junk to some masseuse. <laughs> Only to lead us to the NFC Championship and uh, and exactly. lose, yeah, and lose again. Terry Porter, yeah. All right, and the if last this next question is about Bounty Gate. I'm leaving. <laughs> no, I skipped that one. Remember? I don't know if this question is going to be any better for you though. So just uh, you know, sit tight for a sec. All right, 2018 I didn't, I didn't Eagles. Ask a, I didn't ask a question about Drew Pearson, so I mean. We'll just he pushed off, by the way. <laughs> Watch the video. <laughs> Drew Pearson pushed off. 100% he did. This is hilarious. Like, I'm used to hearing Bills fans go back and forth about all their, you know, this is just as good. This is nice. Like, I didn't, uh, I didn't, nice I didn't, isn't the word I'd use for it. but. Yeah. Uh, all right. 2018 Eagles, 38-7. to seven. After beating the Saints via the Minneapolis Miracle, the Vikings became the first host Super Bowl team to make it to the conference championship. Facing off against the Eagles in Philly, the game started off with a bang as the Vikings scoring with the Vikings scoring on their first drive. But that would be all the scoring they did that day. On their second possession of the game, Vikings quarterback Case Keenum threw an interception to what Philly DB who returned it for a touchdown. Um can we just, before you guys even say anything, just 
the fact that they even had a shot of going to the Super Bowl with Case Keenum is just yeah. That's <laughs> that's something, yeah. right? That's yeah. I mean, that's what you had a whole bunch of people here thinking that they should have signed him to a long-term contract. Well, they were wrong either way. Yeah, Cousins or Keenum. I mean, it was there was yeah. Or (laughs) or Teddy Tenderlegs. Either one of the three would have been a tough choice. So, I mean, to be honest with you, at the time I said Teddy was the best choice for the long-term. You're gonna find. You're gonna see this year. He wouldn't have been the choice. Yeah, but do you think paying? You know. Let's go or whatever that guy's, whatever his name is. Uh, as much money as you paid him, what is it, 80, $88 million or something like that for Christian Ponder's younger brother? No, oh, he's, you can't eat. That's not even <laughs> fair to any quarterback. Seriously. Should have just stuck with Joe Webb. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my gosh, Joe, Joe Webb. Webb. Seriously. Why not? Tarverius Johnson. Uh, what was his name? Rest, rest, in rest in peace. Rest in peace. Yeah. <laughs> Transcendentalism is what we call them. Um, trying to think of who that – I don't think it was a huge name, was it? I mean, he's a – I don't know if he's a pro bowler, but he was a he's a pretty solid def- uh his name's about fifteen letters. Yeah. <laughs> about average. <laughs> no, but that ended the game. Went to Florida all energy, all energy <laughs> that the Vikings possibly could have had was gone when that happened. Um it was a common common name, wasn't it? Pretty common name. Williams? Like a son, something son. I don't think it was Williamson. Um, we're going to no head shake up there. So, uh, But son, we got a right head shake. It's, so you know what it right. is? It's, it's, it's either, I, I don't know this guy, but it's either, it, it's either Robertson or Robinson. It's one of those two. Robinson, probably. I, I don't remember who this guy is, but it's, it was, yeah. Yeah, it's one of those two. I, I, whatever. It, that's as close as I'm going to get. Well, with the last name of Robinson, it's Patrick Robinson. Robinson. Patrick Robinson. Uh, okay. The pride of Gulliver Prep School in Florida. Oh. <laughs> um, see here, that game was significant for another reason. After 28 career or 28 year career, it, it was the last game refereed by famed NFL official Ed Hockley. Yeah, big guns. Yep, guns galore. They all do now. I don't know like I don't know if it's high definition or what, but thing. every ref now is just I don't know if Ed Hockley has a like a camp or something that he runs, a referee camp where gets all these guys jacked before the season though. <laughs> isn't, it, isn't, his, isn't his son a yeah, yeah, his son yeah. is a ref. Yeah, he's a ref now, and he's he jacked pretty, too. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And well, I guess you have to if your dad was jacked. You can't yeah. just show up all, you know, <laughs> looking like me. All right. Well, you know the winners in this game. I guess you know are Josh and Dan. But you can know, can you really call us the winners after <laughs> that last round, though? Ultimately, the losers are. All Minnesota sports fans. We can agree that the Vikings more so than anybody else. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's been sports through Minnesota history. There's some ups and downs, but the Vikings have been the ones hit them hardest. So, you know, I've had talks with my brother, conversations about this. It as much as we love the Vikings, and as much as they hurt us, you know, year after year after year. What's it going to be like? when they finally do, if, and when they finally do win one, it, it's almost like going to be like, we lose our identity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good point. Well, I, you know, yeah. I'm not convinced it's going to happen. So. <laughs> well, I mean, that's what the Red Sox fans said, you know, for a hundred and the Cubs fans for all those years and everything like that, you know, that is true. and still to this day, the Browns fans. So, you know, the Browns, the Brown, like, listen, the Browns won a, a Super Bowl. As the Ravens, all right. Oh. I mean, that's <laughs> technically what happened. Technically, I don't well, know. Let me talk about all the what? players that left Minnesota and won titles in Boston. Mm. Oh yeah, it's pathetic. 
But, you know, the thing about it is, is the one that I look back as a Minnesota sports fan that doesn't like the Vikings is I look back to the 2006 season. The Twins season in 2006 was ridiculously stupid. That team should have went to the World Series and it should have won the World Series. I mean, you think about, I mean, Johan Santana, you talk about uh, Packers wasting two high-quality quarterbacks for 30 years and only getting two championships. How did the Twins not win a World Series with Johan Santana? He's one it's just, pitcher. It's not the yeah, same thing. But they had Liriano too. But that was just, yeah. Liriano got injured. You know. Yep, and then they. I mean, they had the uh, they had the Perantas then too. Yeah. The, uh, I think 06 was Joe Nathan. Was that Joe Nathan's first year or second year? Nathan was on that team. Um, but was he the closer? Or was it every? Or wasn't level at Latroy? Wasn't every day? It wasn't every day. It would have been Nathan. Yeah, level at Latroy Hawkins. Eric, just so you know, do you know who Latroy Hawkins is? I've heard the name. Latroy Hawkins is famous for he's got a two-run lead in the ninth inning on the road against a really tough team, and he says, "Man, I'm not going to strike out three guys in a row." I'm going to walk the bases loaded first, and then I'm going to strike out three guys in a row. <laughs> Maybe even let a run score, too, just to make it interesting, just to have fun. So let's go ahead and make it as fun as possible. <laughs> Level it, Latroy. <laughs> anyway, is, all right. This has got to be go fascinating ahead. talk for everyone yeah, listening everyone's out there right, right now. So. They're loving this. All right, well, it's uh, evidently the winner of this game is Josh and Dan. So, all right. All right, well, we'll go ahead and wrap up this uh, episode of the Benchformers Trivia Podcast. Uh, Thanks, everyone. Talk to you next time.